podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guest would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have Mike Vulcan. Mr. Vulcan is a serial entrepreneur, public speaker, army veteran, and author of five books, one bestseller. He has built and sold four companies. As the lead instructor of Freelancer Masterclass, he helps freelancers earn more money and get more freedom. Mr. Vulcan has a tremendous track record of driving company growth and has consulted with over 400 companies. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we're excited. Mike, you were telling us that you keep an Evernote doc on your phone with a bunch of business ideas. I do. And this was the top one that yeah. you uh, you almost started yourself a while back. And I did. Um, I came really close. It's, it's great that you're willing to share this with our listeners here. Uh, so let's dive into it. Tell us about this idea that you'd like our listeners to run with. Well, I have a name for the company. Um, can certainly be changed, but it's called Crowdsourcia. And crowdsourcing is huge now, especially in the last decade or so, probably even the last five years, because of all the data uh, that we have access to now on the internet. And uh, you know, big data is huge, and we can mash up a lot of different data from different places and pull it into one dashboard. So Crowdsourcia is, uh, will solve a problem for companies of all shapes and sizes. You know, on the internet, content is king, right? Well, in short, Crowdsourcia is a way for writers to get together and create uh, a document with all their different skill sets and produce a finely polished piece of content for a company without having to pass the content back and forth to each other. So let me explain to you the process. And I'm someone who creates a lot of content. And as a marketing leader, I, I lead a lot of companies. I'm a chief marketing officer um, part-time for a lot of companies, and they all have content marketing plans. And the same process happens. You think of an idea for a piece of content, and then you hire somebody to write it. And then you take that final draft and you push it off to a grammar specialist, right? And then that grammar specialist is done. You have to get a technical writer to, to write it. And then you get a coder to code it all in the blog. And then you get someone to SEO it. There's a lot of hot potato that goes along with this content piece, right? So the idea behind Crowdsourcia is to create a cloud platform where the piece of content is loaded in its draft form. And then you invite a grammar specialist, a technical writer, a copywriter, all those different specialties that go into fine tuning a piece of content. And they all put their content together on this one document. And the best part is they all collaborate with each other. So what's amazing, and I did some testing on this through Google Docs, which is something similar, but doesn't quite take it all the way to where I want Crowdsourcia to be. But what you can do with Google Docs is you can get all these writers to collaborate on the same document. But what's amazing is that you'll find that the grammar specialist, for example, might provide some great insight to the technical writer that the technical writer wouldn't have thought of. So there, all these writers are kind of crowdsourcing collaborative ideas back and forth to each other while, while at the same time producing one document without having to go back and forth um, through different writers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's basically like Google Docs instead of just whoever you pick to share the Google Doc. The team, you, you all, yeah. all, you've got a team ahead of time that's going to share. 
and and uh, right. work so together. With Crowdsourcia, essentially, this is the way I imagine it. You log into the website, you pick that you need certain specialties, like five different specialists, right? A grammar specialist, copywriter, technical writer. They're already picked out for you. You don't need to go hunting them and interviewing them. They're already picked out. And they all come in and collaborate with each other to make the document perfect per your specification. Great. Gotcha. With that process, I imagine it would save some time. And it sounds like overall, it creates a better document than if you were to have these people working sequentially, correct? Yes. Yes. So what happens, uh, I found when I'm creating content is I'll get something copywritten and I'll get it finalized. And then the technical writer will make some changes. I'll get that finalized. And I have to go back to the copywriter because the technical writer made some changes. So it seems to be like this never ending hot potato document on this content. So it's a way to keep everything in one place and not have to quote unquote bother the owner of the document um, to, you know, all these little different pieces. Okay, time to go here, time to shuffle it back here. Uh, and they can just literally just log in. And the, the best part is you can have a project manager take care of all this for you. So you literally just upload your idea for a piece of content and all these different specialties can come together and, and form this document in one room or one cloud room, basically. How much time do you think you'd be able to save by using this process as opposed to the status quo? Good question. Typically, when I build out a content marketing plan for a company, I have a six to eight day life cycle of this content. And that's if every freelancer is available at the time that they get the document. So day one would be get the draft written. Day two would be stat validation, right? Because there's a lot of stats and you want to cite or reference to make sure that your facts are accurate. Uh, Day three would be get a copyright and day four, you know, you go back and forth. So there's usually about a six to eight day life cycle, and then you have to publish it to the web and get it coded. So that would add another couple of days as well. And this would, having it all in one platform would would cut that at least in half, if not by 70%. I'm going to point out that we got a, what I consider a a gem or or what we call nuggets sometimes for some people is just the fact that this is, this is a process. Um, I think a lot of people are struggling to outsource content writing and they just find one person, right? And they ship it off. They mm-hmm. say what they want. They get it back. And they either say, man, this isn't as good as I wanted it to be, or I'll just use it the way it is, something like this. Um, I think it's valuable to just, yeah. just hear what goes into the process of putting together a good piece of content. There could be up to five or six people involved. Yeah. And that that's really what's necessary. You shouldn't expect one person to be able to deliver something. Exactly. And the way I had the flow wireframed out is that once a company joins Crowdsourcia, you would answer some simple questions about your brand. You know, what type of brand do you have? Do you have a silly brand, a very scientific brand, a professional brand? You answer those questions once and that's what's set in your account. So now any project manager who oversees your account knows the style. You know, sometimes I'll outsource some writing and it just doesn't sound like me. When I get it back, I'm like, this isn't really the way I write. So I have to wind up rewriting half of it anyway. Um, but when you do this now, you, you can go once to crowdsource, you set up your account and you have this ready anytime you need to write a piece of content in the future and you know it's going to be consistent and on brand. Can you give us a, a sense of the scale of this problem? Yeah. What's the potential market size in terms of customers? Ideally, if crowdsourcing would be like a monthly fee, anywhere from, I don't know, a per article, you could charge any way you want, or maybe up to 10 articles a month for $500 a month, whatever. The company that could afford it would be anywhere from like a solopreneur who has a, an education business or some kind of business where they're putting out content all the way up to a Fortune 500 company who are constantly pushing out content of all different types. And it doesn't just have to be content. Um, when I ran some tests 
the first piece of content I did was I was crowdsourcing a, a stand-up comedian's act. And he didn't really need the wording grammatically correct or technically written, but he wanted ideas from these writers on how it should be phrased to provide the most impact. So we would rewrite this joke several times over and it got better and better each version because everybody provided their collaborative impact on how powerful the, this word should be placed, this sentence should be, where, where these words should be placed, stuff like that. So it goes beyond just blogs. It could be social media content. It could be stand-up comedians that need to refine their act. Uh, it could be all sorts of stuff, really. Anything that's content-related, even videos could be produced. Maybe that's V2, but you know, videos can be done this way as well. So that having been said, we often talk about where to start. So two questions that might have the same answer is, who's the absolute best for this? Maybe mm -hmm. even an avatar you could even describe. Or if not that, who would you start with just to really get this off the ground? Make sure you focused on someone that it would really be useful for. Yeah, they probably would be the same person, avatar. I would think it would be somebody with an educational product, much like my company that I'm running now, Freelancer Masterclass, right? We're trying to establish ourselves as the leading authority for any, anything freelancers want to know. They come to our site, right? So we're constantly pushing out content for entrepreneurs, freelancers, solopreneurs. We're always doing something. We have a big content list of, you know, we're two months ahead of where we need to be. We have a list of 80 topic ideas. So that would be ideal. I would, I would easily pay for something like $500 a month for someone to take all this off my hand because Every day I log into this list, I'm shuffling things back and forth. Um, and to it takes me at least an hour a day to talk with my freelancers, to see where they're at with which piece of content, to review stuff. Like it would save me five hours a week. That would be a no brainer to pay $500 for somebody to take that over. The thing that comes to mind for me in outsourcing content is the balance between quality and cost. How do you think about that? Because when you talk about 500 bucks a month, there have been some clients that I've worked with who have spent that on content and their bar for what they want to publish was a little bit higher than what they got back. And they ended up feeling like it was a waste of time. So can you talk more about that? Yeah, that was a hard part for me to overcome when I was building up this business model. In fact, I hired a mathematician to make this really complicated spreadsheet where writers log in, they get points for every comment and it just got so out of hand. But really, the goal here is it's micro writing from the writers, right? They're not writing an entire post. It comes together. Um, so they might be able to log into the Crowdsourcia platform and spend an hour on the platform, but, but provide input to 30 different documents within that hour. So they could get points, like I was determining, like however many um, comments you provide that were approved. I had a whole system where if you provide this comment and then the, the project manager approves it, then you would get points for it. I wasn't sold that that was the way to go. It might have not been the most efficient way. But ultimately, I think probably what I would have went with to compensate the writers is some kind of flat monthly fee for doing at least a certain amount of comments or uh, working on a certain amount of articles every month. But from the company's perspective, they would get the power of senior writers collaborating with each other for a fraction of the cost. Like imagine, let's just say for the sake of round numbers, every writer you hire is $100, right? So you go into write a piece of content, you hired somebody $100 to write it. Then you have a $100 person go in and do the grammar check. Then you have a $100 person go and do the technical writing and the, and the layout and the structure. You got $400 for that one piece of content right there at that point. So if you just logged into Crowdsourcia, uploaded your piece of content, and then had comments here or there, and they form an aggregate piece of content with all these writers, that would be a fraction of the cost of going to each individual person and time to have that edited. 
that make sense? So the big sticking point there was the cost and how the writers are going to be compensated, but you have options there. As the owner of the company, Crowdsourcia, you would have options on how you'd want to pay the writers. And writers usually get paid per minute. I'm sorry, per, per word anyway. So there's a couple of questions for us to address here in the episode. And that is, since you already started it, when we talk about action steps, do we just review what you did and you know give people a chance to restart? It sounds like some action steps for listeners are on the side of, could they do some work to try to solve some of the biggest hurdles that you came across? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like there's some legs here, but you've got to figure out the details. And I'm sure we'll come up with some ideas here. Yeah. The big problem that has to be solved is how are you going to prevent a company from needing to shuffle a piece of content from one person to another constantly until it flows to the end of finished product, right? And the concept around crowdsourcing is just that. The reason why I stopped is because at the time I was building this, I was looking for an investment round, which I wasn't able to do because I couldn't give it my full attention. I had a very busy consulting agency at the time and I'm still really busy, but it was always to me just like a side project. And I knew it had potential. I didn't at the time want to pursue it because A, my my wife was pregnant and I was about to have my first daughter, which I was just talking to Chris about <laughs> earlier before the show. And you know, you just want to you have that comfort blanket of, hey, you, you should stick with what you're doing for a little while. You know it's making you some good money. And then I also had freelancer masterclass brewing and as a side project which is right now doing great and it has just as much potential. So at some point I had to just drop it and call it because honestly, I was like $40,000 into developing Crowdsourcia with all my consultants and spreadsheets I was making. And, and the worst part about all this is I put it all in a hard drive, an external hard drive, all my, my files for this company. And then my house burned down <laughs> from a wildfire out here in California. So I lost the hard drive. Oh man. <laughs> oh, no. I, I should have put it all in Dropbox, but it was like two gigs of, just folders and files and stuff. I even had a explainer video that still might be on YouTube if you type in Crowdsourcia. I had an explainer video done that explains the whole process. And I think that's the only thing that's left. Oh, wow. You seem relatively healthy relaying that story. (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot the last couple of years. My house burned down and then I rebuilt the house. And then I had a baby through uh, surrogacy because my wife had four miscarriages and we found a surrogate person to carry our Wow. baby basically uh, and incubate it. So we've had a lot of a pretty exciting two years, good and bad and expensive. That's, <laughs> that's a tough tale, yeah. but there's an awesome opportunity for a listener because you've done a lot of the legwork. And if someone follows through on some of these actions and emails in, then they have the potential to meet with you and extract some of that knowledge. Uh, I would love to meet with anybody who wants to bring this to life because there is definitely an opportunity for this. And I'm, I'm someone I've worked with over 400 companies. And I'll tell you that this has a lot of legs. It just didn't make it to the finish line, as I imagine a lot of great business ideas do. I mean, I think I heard a stat the other day is that like 98% of all patents that were filed never really, nobody really did any did anything with the patents. Yeah. They just lay there, you know? So it's like all these great ideas and nothing ever happens to them. The uh, thing that I think is really cool about this idea, that, I mean, there are, there's a lot that's really cool, but I always like talking through ideas where the technology of the day facilitates a new way of working. And that's exactly what we're getting here is before you couldn't, before the internet existed, you have to mail letters back and forth and mark up the editor has a red pen, sends it back to the writer and they have to incorporate the changes, right? So we have progressed past that, but not much past it in terms of being able to real time work on something. 
uh, people generally haven't figured out a way of doing that. So it's really cool. I think there's something, it, it's almost inevitable that something like this happens, right? And if you can get ahead of it, you have a best chance at, at winning. It reminds me of Wikipedia. I mean, not that, that happens real time, but that's kind of the strength of Wikipedia is that you have a lot of eyes on the content. They could be specialists in all sorts of different areas, even if it's just removing the grammatical errors and things like that. And you gain a lot of power from that. Yeah, it's very similar to Wikipedia. Yeah, it's a private documents, of course, specific for a company. It's not public. And there's an end goal in mind. Other like Wikipedia, it's like it's a constantly evolving, never-ending article that's coming from different contributors. I want to bring up a, yeah. uh, a side idea. Sometimes we take a, the train to crazy town. Uh -oh. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't have to stay there. We'll, we'll come back. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, I was thinking a while ago, thinking a lot about politics, which is another but the idea of having elected representatives was that it's inefficient for people to create legislation at the time. So you wanted to have people in a room together who could work on that, right? And similar to what you're describing here, this idea of, well, pretty much anyone out there has access to a computer. If you're listening to this, you likely have access to a computer. What if you just crowdsource legislation? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and did that in real time. And I mean, you, you can still submit it to the House of Representatives to get that worked on. But I imagine that if you had a bunch of experts who are actually writing legislation and then packaging it up and putting it out there, and then having just those people in the room doing it. So thank you for indulging me in yeah. crazy town. <laughs> as usual, when Chris goes to crazy town, it's not as crazy as you think it's going to be. I think that's like taking the train to Sane Town. We live in crazy town. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. And we should, uh, I should add that section. If I were to ever go into uh, launch crowdsourcing again, I think uh, legislative content might be, might be good. That'd be a hard market to, to go after. You'd really have to convince some powerful people that that'd be the way to go. It would definitely be, though, a way to get a media exposure. Chris and I were talking about this the other day mm -hmm. that, you know, the best way to get media exposure is to be relevant to issues that the media is already talking about. So politics is always something that, that the media is talking about. So if you can talk about crowdsourcing legislation using some type of software, even if it's good for business and other things, might attract some attention. And Very true. I mean, this could be, it could be the pivot that people end up making, right? Or you could start with that. And 2020 is going to be a big year, at least in the U.S. for, uh, for elections. So that could be a wave that people ride to, as Ethan said, get more exposure and ride the, the issues of the day. An idea was just born. I like that. <laughs> I want to just add something. It may be a little bit of minutia, but going back to what you guys are talking about, about how to get the, um, how to pay people, how to credit them properly. It sounds like a way to simplify it might just be to say, maybe they get a per word fee. Like everybody just gets a per word fee based on any particular document, but they get rated by their collaborators. That would prevent someone kind of just sliding by and not, not contributing that much or not contributing that much value. Mm -hmm. And as long as you don't have everybody give everybody five stars kind of thing, you could weed out the people that are kind of lazy and not contributing. Or yeah, I haven't mentioned that yet, but there was a rating system for the writers, so the best ones would stay, and they just wouldn't get invited. There's a whole invite system where you can you can pick from like a whole page of copywriters, for example. Getting paid per word's tough because I found out, you know, when doing the the growth hack of the stand up comedy act that I re referenced earlier, is that a lot of times words and entire sentences, even paragraphs, will get deleted. So you might write something, get paid for it, and then get it, uh, get it, get it deleted by another writer oh, for yeah. a very valid purpose. So um, I try to stay away from the whole per right, word right. compensation. 
Plus, I find if I compensate writers per word, I find it to be a little fluffy sometimes. <laughs> Maybe an extra sentence or two in there to get paid. I don't know. Compensation is an interesting problem. Maybe the, one of the harder ones to solve here. Uh, what if there were some sort of bonus structure for the team? If the article submitted it gets a five-star review from the company who's paying for it, then everyone who is working on it gets 20% bonus or something like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, something. There's a lot of ways to structure this. It, to be fair to the writers and in the company. I mean, just because I haven't solidified the way that the payment would flow, it doesn't mean that there isn't a solution here, but that's definitely one of the one great option is you just pay per whatever the company thinks is quality. The only issue there is that you're left with a company that might leave a three-star review on a five-star document. And it's subjective a little bit, but um, at the very least, it's not a very big drawback. Let's, uh, I'd like to draw back a little bit too on this particular topic, just to see if you have any other insights, Mike. It's, this has happened a few times on the show where there's an idea that comes up where kind of has this multi-sided market to it, right? You know, in a sense, you're serving the writers, you're serving the companies. Maybe that's part of the difficulty is there's a lot of people to serve and figure out who to serve. Um, have you had any experiences with like, like multi-sided markets? Any tidbits to share about that? Yeah, that's probably the reason why I was first thought of a crowdsource. Yeah, two-sided marketplaces are, I don't want to say they're my specialty, but I certainly have experience with them. One of the companies I built and sold was a two-sided marketplace. And there's always a chicken and an egg problem, right? Like for Crowdsourcia, if you don't have quality writers or even enough writers, then you don't have a product. And then if you have all these writers and don't have companies coming in, then you have these writers that are not busy. Um, So you don't want to make sure you don't pay them monthly, a flat fee or something, right? There's always things you have to balance in a two-sided marketplace like that. Has there been any moments for you of realization in the process of other two-sided marketplaces? Realization in what sense? I mean, there's been a lot of things I've realized, good and bad. Uh, like a key to making it work or like a like a turning point in any project or something like that? I mean, I may be fishing for an answer that you don't have, so don't worry about it. Well, I think I know where you're getting at. I think maybe the realization that I had uh, is like, why not just start a content agency and just try to convince companies that the writers you have are the best ones? But that takes away from the whole process of that, like you get to crowdsource different ideas together from people all over the world, all over different regions and dialects and all that stuff. I mean, the whole concept of crowdsourcing is lost when you do something like that. So it takes away from the core value of your business model. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Let's get into some of the some more of the action steps that a listener could take to get this going. You had mentioned that you invested $40,000 into this idea before. Our listeners probably are not going to jump in with both feet like that. So we're going to have to think with a little bit more of a constraint in terms of probably financially or, or time. There may be some people out there, a listener who has a full-time job. What are some action steps that someone can take with some constraints to make some progress on this idea, test the waters and find out whether they want to invest more into it? Yeah. There's an easy way that you can test this business model with virtually no money. You just come up with the whole flow of how everything is going to go from the writers and from the company's perspective. You just brainstorm that. The one piece that I really didn't have solidified yet was the payment, right, for how we're going to compensate the writers. But once you pick that avenue, you would just go into Google Docs and you would have a company or you can even do it yourself is submit a request for a document to be created. And these writers, based on only a title, can start drafting up an article for you, a blog article based on some information they knew. Now, they know. Now, in Crowdsourcia, when I had mentioned the branding questions that the company would ask, that would be on the right side of the page. And the reason why I spent so much money is because I already drew up these website wireframes, right? They're all, it was all UX design. So 
On the right-hand side was the, the company portfolio and, and all the information you needed about the company and then the branding questions. So the writer would always have that while they're writing. Uh, but you don't need that. You can just growth hack the heck out of this, sign up for Google Docs, get some writers to all collaborate on a topic and see what they can come up with. And then have them dictate the flow and what crowdsources should be. And then the company will, the companies will come based on the writers. And if you, if you have a good product based on what they are liking and don't like in terms of flow, uh, you have a finished process, then the companies will come as a result. Let me make it more explicit to just try to think it through from a totally uh, naive standpoint. So have someone go, maybe you even go to companies too first and find gigs people are looking for and maybe even bid a gig and say, hey, I'm going to put together a team to put this document together. Could be full disclosure with the person you're doing. Maybe you give them a discount because you know they're trying something new and you get a learning opportunity. And then you go ahead and you put your team together and you have them put together the content that way. And you just see, is the company going to be satisfied with that? How's that going to feel? And like you said, you use that as your experience to start to hone what the process is going to be like. Does that sound like a good application of what you said? Yeah, that sounds like a great way to do it. I mean, there's no shortage of companies out there that want any content produced. I mean, search Upwork or any site like Upwork, and there's people who need content, need to hire writers right now. You can get them in there to say you're running a test on something and see how, how it will go with you know Google Docs and just a series of writers. But you would probably need a way to rate the writers, or I don't know if you'd really need this in the beta phase, but you're probably just looking for process. But as you get further down in the beta, you're going to want to know what writers are good, what writers aren't, which writers are going to be consistent and responsive and all that good stuff. So you need a way to, to keep that consistent. But just during the growth hacking phase, you don't really need that. You just need a finished product. For the, uh, the other side, in terms of finding the writers, the grammar specialists, et cetera, would you go to Upwork for that as well? Or what would you do to find those people? Upwork's certainly great. I mean, I like Upwork. I'm on the homepage of Upwork right now, actually. They like me. I like them. So I, I hire a lot of freelancers and that's my go-to place to hire freelancers. That'd be a great place to start because you, you see with Upwork, you see existing reviews. So if you hire a copywriter in the US who is specific to, I don't know, the automobile industry, then you can get very, very specific on who you're looking for and then search, sort by reviews. And that would be the, those would be the people I would pull into my beta program. So on top of that, the questions we asked about where would you get started from scratch. Another way we sometimes approach this question of action steps is, let's say a listener's out there and they, they want to do something to prove to someone like you. Like if we gave you, say, 10 people and they did something to go towards this, would it be the same actions that you recommended, like kind of get started from scratch? Or since you have already started, there's something else someone might do that you'd say, oh, wow, they're really getting digging in on this process. I want to talk with this person some more. Maybe we can start working together. Uh, do you mean from the, the point would what I want to get involved uh, on this company again? Yeah, yeah. Or they've done something that's impressive. Uh, an example might be going back to they put some sort of special research into this, how to compensate people and rate them appropriately or something like that or, or anything along those lines. Anything come to mind for you? I mean, I personally would, I'd probably get involved. I would like to be involved if this company, if someone, one of your listeners says, Mike, I like this concept. Can you be my advisor? I'd be happy to help them out. Give them any documents that I, that I can come up with. In terms of personally being involved, I mean, my time is super limited. I probably wouldn't want to see this into fruition myself, but I'd love to be a coach and, and help somebody. I'd love to see this thing get legs, whether it's called crowdsourcing or not, which I paid $500 for that domain, by the way. <laughs> it's totally worthless now. 
just this concept in general of being able to take content and streamline the whole flow from beginning to end is just a, such a struggle for so many, so many people. And agencies, content agencies don't really do it. I mean, they can produce content, yes, but that takes time too. And it's not as fun to crowd. Really, the, the whole key between this and creating content on your own is being able to crowdsource ideas, not just create a finished document, but to have a whole bunch of input from a whole bunch of different specialties. So hope that answered your question. I'll take another angle on uh, this, incorporating your existing business. You run Freelancer Masterclass, and you've been quite successful doing that, helping freelancers reach six figures in uh, 90 days, I believe is what you had said. From all the people that you've worked with, what traits and or habits stand out to you to say that this is going to be someone who uh, is going to make it? Oh, I see what you're saying. From a personality perspective, I would say someone who is a problem solver. A lot of freelancers and consultants, they don't really solve problems. They follow directions really well, and they're specialists at, at their area. But when they see a little bit of resistance or something they don't know how to do, they'll kind of come back to me and ask for advice. Somebody who would be able to say, Mike, I've come up with a way that is great for both parties where writers can be compensated and won't cost a lot of companies money, and this is how I plan on doing it. Like That would be someone who I know would be able to take this and run with it because they've solved that piece of the puzzle that I wasn't quite able to. Mm, yeah. That's a good way to phrase it. Now, I was going to rephrase it too. It was around personality as well, or that type of person or the missing piece, you know, like if you had to bring someone on your team that was going to provide something missing. So, so a problem solver would fit that role. Yep. Problem solver, probably the, the top adjective I would use to describe someone's personality that can bring this business model to fruition. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. I'm picturing a listener out there and trying to think of what objections someone may have. And what are some of the objections that came up that we haven't talked about so far, Mike? Well, from a company's perspective, when I approached a few companies, they said, well, how is it different than an agency? And in some respects, it's similar. I mean, with an agency, you tell them what you want, and they have their own writers, and they produce it, and they give it back to you. That's all great. But the key thing that's missing there is to be able to say, okay, instead of just having one writer or two writers comment, and provide input, you're having five or six different ones. And there might be, by the time you get it back, 12 or 15 different versions by the time it got you to that final document, as opposed to an agency where there's like, it flows through some kind of process and you get this one version at the end. So there's a lot of different versions in the crowdsourcing. When we did the stand-up comedy routine as a growth hack, I saw the same joke written down and rewritten probably 12 to 15 times before it was finalized. and during that process of it, those various variations, we got other jokes that came out of the side of that just from like maybe variation six when it was rewritten, had this opportunity to create another joke on the side. So this one joke that we were going for in the stand-up comedy act actually turned out to be three separate jokes just because of the different collaboration of ideas. And that's something you don't have from the company's perspective. The objection from the users or the writer's perspective is that how are you going to pay me? I usually just get paid per article. What I like to say is, hey, you're developing relationships with other writers, which is great because writers, they love to talk to each other. They love to collaborate. Surprisingly, some didn't. They didn't want it to collaborate at all. And I reached out to about 400 writers on LinkedIn, and I got about 250 of them on average that said, yeah, this sounds awesome. I'd love to do something like this. I feel like I'm in a room by myself kind of writing most of the time, and this sounds like I can be very interactive with other writers. And about 30% of them said they didn't want anything to do with collaboration. And so there's a very select type of writer 
uh, out there that would be interested in this, but uh, most of them are are hungry for something like this. And in your existing model, how many people end up working on a document, any given document around? Well, that's the key. In the document or the mock-ups that I made, I had the company be able to select as many different writers as they wanted in a document. So if you have a document uh, idea and nothing fleshed out, you might just want a whole bunch of different collaborative technical writers, right? You're making this big, I don't know, instruction manual or something. Then you would hire a lot of different writers, some from China, some from English speaking countries. And then if you're just doing like a simple blog post that you've already written, you just need to rewritten, you might not need that much collaborative input. So you can just hire two or three different writers and you can pick their specialties. So it really depends on which phase of the document you're in and also how much collaboration you feel you need to get that to where you want it to be. That's interesting because I'm imagining like going real deep into the crowd part of crowdsourcing, right? It's like I spent a lot of time kind of getting into the back end of Wikipedia many years ago, did a project related to it. There's these people that are just there. They're diehard members of Wikipedia, you know, just on a specific topic or making bots to fix things all the time. So it'd be interesting for someone to take this even larger and really imagine it as as almost like a monetized Wikipedia, right? Uh, Where the people who contribute get some sort of compensation. And it's not just five, six, 10, 12 people, but it could be a hundred or a thousand or, you know, whatever. And it might even be that probably not the copywriting aspect of it, but definitely the technical writing and the editing and the grammar might even be able to pick those people from the Wikipedia community. I mean, there's a community there. Absolutely. And it goes well beyond just documents, as I mentioned earlier. But, you know, something you just reminded me of is that when I was reaching out to writers, you'd be shocked at how many, I would say at least 12%, if not 18%, didn't even really care about payment. Uh, I had sent out a Google Doc survey, which I might even be able to bring up if somebody was interested, where I asked writers how important money is to them in completing this. And 18% or so said, not at all. They wanted to use it as a lead generation to get more work for that particular company they were writing the document for. So they would even, just like Wikipedia people, I think they'd do it for free, right? I mean, it's... it's a uh, Oh, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's by definition, yeah. I'm a member of this forum um, for whenever I need Excel spreadsheet help and formulas. And I've never gotten up, I've never paid a penny for this, but every single time for 12, 15 years, I needed an Excel macro written or some kind of formula written. I just write this forum and these experts would write me back. They never asked for a penny, but they like doing it. They like helping people. And I've even hired them on the side for some other work for some other clients I've worked with, but they just want it for exposure and they do it for fun. So it might even be a great business model if you don't even want to pay your writers to just get passionate writers who just want to collaborate with people and and use it for a lead gen source. Yeah, very interesting. Mike, we're coming up on time here. Appreciate the, uh, the conversation, you sharing this idea and the generous offer you made to our listeners. Listeners, if you're into this idea and you uh, feel inspired to take action, do so. And then email us at update at runwithit.fm with exactly what you've done as a result of this podcast. Everyone who responds will get access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one lucky listener will earn a free mentoring session from Mike and potentially be able to work on this uh, business with him or at least get a lot of advice from him on uh, how to launch it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for that offer. This is bad podcasting, but I'm showing you guys on the video. See all these business ideas? This is on my Evernote app. <laughs> all right. We'll talk about all these. We have a separate show. I'm good for you guys for a year. 
So yeah, that's idea generating machine. We love it. What happens if that Evernote? Uh, oh yeah, that's the advantage of Evernote. It's not going to burn down in your house. right <laughs> <laughs> Everything's in the cloud now. Everything. I don't even have an external hard drive anymore. Oh, that's funny. Mike, this is your chance to share your existing information with listeners. Any call to action you have for them? Yeah, I mean, a call to action. If you're looking to, if you're a side hustler looking to make some extra money, or you want to be a full time freelancer, check out freelancermasterclass.com. It's our goal take you through a nine step process so you can become a six figure freelancer in ninety days or less. And hey, if you want me to appear in a trade show or a conference or anything near you, I do a lot of public speaking now. So just head out to my website, mikevolkin.com. And I also do a lot of entrepreneur coaching. Great. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you again for this generous idea. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks, guys. Now it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.